You are listening to episode 183 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we hunt the most dangerous game in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So this week we played a little bit of Manhunt on the PlayStation 2. Ryan, it's a game I've had my eyes on for a very long time, right up there with the likes of BMX X. Just one of those games that I've owned for a long time and never really got my hands on it uh, to obviously try it out. And I remember when this first came out, it was supposed to be the most brutal game ever created. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but I would say it's still kind of brutal, just not in the same vein as what we have in today's gaming. Yeah, looking back, uh, you know, what was once uh, the destruction of children's mind is now pretty blasé. Yeah, I mean, I could see this game being one of those that would kind of have the controversy where, you know, parents were wanting to get rid of video games and all this other crap because of it. Totally can see that with this type of game. Um, But yeah, we'll talk more about it, uh, you know, here towards the end of the episode. But to kick us off, you can, of course, find our podcast on thegamedeflators.com. You can find us on at Game Deflators on Twitter, at the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, the podcast app that you are listening to right now, as well as any other application if you are not happy with your current podcast app. Uh, and then also leave us a five-star review. Six is better, but five is acceptable as well. We'll settle. We'll settle for that. Uh, recent pickups and currently playing. So uh, I've only got one pickup this week outside of some Magic cards that I got for my red deck. But I picked up Dragon Quest Builders because I have had my eye on it for a very long time, and it was like thirteen dollars on PS4. Yeah. So why not? It it always was one of those games I kind of looked at, um, but you know, not being super familiar with Dragon Quest, I haven't really played much more Dragon Quest since I started. But um, you know, mixed with Minecraft, I, I it got a sequel that got pretty good reviews. I think the sequel's like multiplayer. They look like fun games. Well, and what got me to kind of buy this is I noticed that the Nintendo Switch version, which apparently runs better or something. I don't know. Any kind of building game, I just assume, is better in handheld mode. I guess. I mean, no, I think it's more so like the actual game itself plays better on the Switch because I guess they made a whole bunch of repairs or something. I don't know. Or patches. Okay. I don't know. But I got on PS4 because it was $15 versus the Switch version is like... I don't know, like 80 or 90 bucks right now. Ooh. Some stupid price. Ooh. Yeah, so I picked it on PS4. I'm like, well, you never know. People could start picking that one up and it'll go up in price too. And it was sitting at like 20 to 25 for a very long time. So when I saw it at a good rate, I just picked up the day one edition used. Uh, I will get number two at some point, but obviously I'll settle for number one. As far as currently playing is concerned, uh, Ocarina of Time, I'm still in the Fire Temple because I just frankly did not play a whole lot this past week. Um, I actually... Let's see. I beat the two Fire Dancers, uh, which were fairly easy for the most part. The Fire Temple itself hasn't been very hard to get through. It's been pretty straightforward. There hasn't been any like crazy puzzles, just like freeing the Gorons, basically. And then once you free them up, you're you're good to go. Uh, I just need to figure out how to get to the boss, which I can already see there's like this giant pillar, basically, in the ceiling. So I got to get to like the sixth level of the Fire Cavern, however the hell I do that. I'll figure it out. And then drop that down and then bounce from the first level to open up the boss door, beat whatever big dragon boss is in there, and then I'm good to go. So that's it for that. Um, Fire Temple has been a lot better than the um, Forest Temple, for sure. Uh, So that's been fine. Do you have the infamous Water Temple next? I think I do, actually. So... Yeah, so that'll be let, next. Let me know how that actually is, because I've never had to do that, but I know that that was always a major complaint. Yeah, apparently. So I've never played the Water Temple myself, but I've seen some clips and seen people play it, and yeah. I have a feeling a, you'll watch a lot more of those clips. <laughs> it, it Probably. It seems to be an absolute bitch, apparently. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So, by the way, I was talking to Justin about it. Um you know, because we had Barry on last week and we were talking about Ocarina of Time and how it's not even his favorite. And like, you know, he kind of questions, not questions, but understands why I'm not yeah. enjoying it as much because of nostalgia factor. So I talked to Justin and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just not enjoying Ocarina of Time as much. And um, he was like, I don't know how. Like, he's like, I beat that game years ago without a guide and multiple times. And I'm like, first off, how the hell did you do it without a guide? Uh, well, that's, <laughs> that's the question I have asked so many times in my life. I feel like sometimes, you know guides were almost a necessity for some people 
And other people, I don't know, man, they just have this power and foresight to understand the game environment in a way that I just couldn't put together as a kid, I guess. I always feel stupid looking back at, like, games that baffled me. Like, Final Fantasy IX. If anybody knows, like, when you're in the castle at the very beginning and you're playing a signer, there's, like, this one part where you have to walk towards the camera to go out a door. I just didn't know. Like, I might have toggled off, like, the over door icons or something stupid. But, like, whatever it was, I went through, like, two rentals trying to get out of this castle. <laughs> yeah, I... uh I usually have issues with games like this where there's just frequent puzzles that just aren't like in your face. And I've talked about it where you have to go press a switch and like some opposite ass end of the dungeon and come back and it's mm -hmm. opened up something else, right? Like those types of things are, are not as easy for me to kind of figure out. But when it comes down to like the fire temple, it's been very easy because there's been mazes, there's been areas where it's like very obvious, like what you have to do. Um, compared to some of the other puzzles in the game. But that's the thing. Like, the Forest Temple's been, like, the first one that was, like, a real challenge in terms of puzzles because the rest of them has been pretty straightforward. Like, on the map, it lights up where you got to go. You go there, no problem. Or, you know, you'll see certain elements, and you're like, okay, cool, that's a wall I can blow up. I got to get behind there. Or this is obviously a place I'm supposed to, you know, shoot my... my what is Whatever it is. Uh, not the slingshot, but the... Um, Arrow? The hook shot. Hook shot. Yeah, so, you know... Forest Temple is worse. Fire Temple's fine. He said, Justin said that he could beat it or he had beat it multiple times without a guide and everything that was straightforward for him. And But the one thing I had to bring up to him, I said, well, you have to consider that I am in my 30s and playing this game and don't have as much time as you probably did at the age of 12 where you're done with your schoolwork and you're going to dedicate four hours a night to playing this game. And then on weekends, probably play eight to 10 hours a night or day. You know, so it's just not, it's apples to oranges. Like yeah. if I played this game years ago, I might've been in a better spot because I would have more time on my hands to figure out the puzzles and like, you know, get that done. But now it's like, okay, I'm going to play for an hour and a half. I might fall asleep in the middle of playing it. Or I just frankly have so much going on over the course of the day that by the time I get to play, I'm only playing for an hour. Yeah. So, and there's so many other things I need to do, especially, you know, when you own a house, there's so much crap you have to do anyways. Yeah. So yeah, that, well, that's kind of what I Everybody goes through stuff at their own rate. Like I was uh, talking to my buddies and I can't wait for you to get Elden Ring so that we can kind of compare progress. But like, I'm as high a level as they are, but they're totally in the next area from where I am. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't played like I played like over a hundred hours in like the first couple weeks, and then or almost a hundred hours in the first couple weeks, something like that. I was like level ninety four and like a hundred something hours in. Yeah, but I was only I felt like I was only like halfway through the game. So, and like when we went back and compared at their place and I brought my Xbox over, I showed the by character and I like, I was like, I don't know, man. Like how did people beat this game in 30 hours less than I've put in? Like, and I'm assuming it's just Dark Souls hardcore people that like can just do the bosses. But I didn't feel like I had to redo that many bosses. Sometimes you just get caught up exploring in games more or something. Like like you said, that amount of time that you have to dedicate, like as a child, is wondrous. I wish I could do that. I will probably play about three months for Elden Ring. And it's not necessarily a matter of it's going to take me a while because I can't beat it or it's too hard. It's because of the exploring component yeah, and wanting to build up my character and all of that good stuff and just really enjoy the game. So I'll probably put a lot more time towards that. The The benefit I would have towards like Elden Ring and why I can put more time into that as well is because it would be downstairs in my house, whereas I still have the puppy. So I have to have the puppy out. And, you know, during the course of the night, she doesn't go to bed till like 11 or 12, mm -hmm. right? Because she's still at that age where I can't lock her up at, you know, in her kennel at nine and then Expect wake up at seven. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My other dog, she'll go, flipping 12 hours dude i could be sitting in bed or asleep in bed till 8 8 30 
and she'll have gone to bed at eight and she's all good. She's like, no problem. Like I'll sit here 12 hours and not go outside and she could even stay in longer. She wanted to, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the puppy just can't, can't hold it that long. So that's kind of a big issue and, and why I don't like to go upstairs because then I got to keep my eye on her. And if she's downstairs yeah. screwing around, a whole bunch of crap. So, and eventually it's it. another trip downstairs. Exactly. And so, who wants to do two trips on the stairs again? Yeah. So, I've been considering hooking up my N64 downstairs so I can play some games down there. Um, but then I got to play it on a 4K and the quality is just not as good. So, yeah. there's that component of it as well. Um, I mean, there's no winning in the situation for the most part outside of playing like an hour upstairs every now and then. Uh, but the other stuff I'm playing, we're playing Apex. So a new season is out right now with a new character called Newcastle. He's a new um, healing character. It puts up a giant shield and he can drag the characters with him as he oh, heals cool. them. And the shield is up of like multiple like white shields, basically. Uh, so we've been, I haven't used him personally. Uh, Justin has. But they've had some pretty good updates. Arenas is still fun. I'm enjoying it. Super hard to level up in that game. Um, you know, progress through your ranks. I, I think I'm only silver four right now. But I only play like every few nights anyway. So it's yeah. not like I'm sitting here playing multiple nights in You're a row. You're not grinding it out. Yeah, whereas like some people are like, oh, I'm already like gold and diamond level in like three days in a season. I'm like, yeah, because you're playing eight, nine hours a day. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> you know, if I did dedicate that much time, I probably would too. Um... And then Beyond Two Souls. So we started playing that. So we beat Super Lucky Tail. Actually, a good game we talked about a while back or last week. Uh, the new game we're playing is Beyond Two Souls, which is from the likes of uh, Detroit Becoming Human and Heavy Quantic Rain. Quantic Dream. Yeah, Quantic Dream. David Cage. I was going to, I when I saw you have that on here, I wanted to talk about it. Go, go ahead. Yeah, so I bought the Quantic Dreams collection from Walmart for like $4 a long time ago. And uh, I bought like three or four copies of it. And, sold three of them and kept one for myself and that's where this came out of so this one is like kind of a split personality in a sense or like this i guess other soul that's within this young girl and it uh she's able to control it to or not really control it but she has the ability to like see behind walls and see what's going on and like move this like with her mind basically and like you know the other games like detroit becoming human and heavy rain Obviously, your actions that you take impact the overall story and what occurs. So we're very early on in it. We just got to the part where they have like the glass wall, basically. And they're telling her, hey, we want you to see like what card is being, you know, used by this woman. And so um, we did that. But I, I went through like the crazy, like, screw shit up, basically, and like, trying to choke her and like bust windows, all this other crazy stuff with that, like other soul. And uh, it's cool because it's like, you know, only 20% of players did this. Yeah. Only like 10% of players did this. And I do like that. Yeah. So that's really a cool aspect. So I'm in like the low percentage of what people were actively doing. And uh, yeah, so we're probably going to kind of pick that back up sometime next week. Uh, we just kind of started and we're, we're busy the next few days anyway. So we're not going to time the game. Is this your first of those games Mm-mm. no my first one was heavy rain i played okay. on ps3 years ago um i haven't played becoming human yet but i will and then uh, obviously it's the first time i played uh, beyond two souls um i have played uh what's the other one the the horror game i forget what it's called but it's on ps4 um oh until dawn until dawn yeah so i don't think that's quantic no it's not quantic but it's a similar style yeah similar type of game so we have been playing detroit become human oh oh really so that's i didn't even see you had it marked up yeah we started playing that this week and i've already seen like two full playthroughs on youtube Mm -hmm. back in the day from two different let's players that i watch yeah so like i'm pretty familiar but i mean it's still cool to see the differences and it's been a long time and i mean Anytime that I play something that I've watched on YouTube, I'm always blown away by the quality difference <laughs> because of how bad YouTube can really make things look. Yeah. So um, it's actually been fun. And I keep having this discussion with my wife about it because, and, you know, I might be just biased by the media that I've heard, but I mean, for the most part, these are pretty good games. You know, they're pretty well received. Like, it's definitely doing its own thing. But I feel like like David Cage kind of spoils that and kind of brings this whole thing down. He's not well, you know, received in the industry and he's had some controversy around him. And, like, it, the more I try to 
get into Detroit Become Human, the more I'm like thinking about the industry. Like I was very excited for Diablo 2 remake and uh, Diablo 4. And, you know, I'm not even like a huge Blizzard guy, but like all the Activision Blizzard stuff, like I really could give two shits about giving them my money at this point, you know, like once the Microsoft purchase goes through, you know, if they can start to make some positive changes there, like I can always buy those games later, but you know, I, I got this game free on game pass. So it's not like it was anything from me. I know they're working, uh, Quantic's working on like the new star Wars game. And I don't know the more and more in my media that I watch these days, the more I feel like, the industry is really coming to a head with like all of the abuse and negative stuff going on. And how much do I really feel like I want to contribute to that? But on some level, like sometimes there's just games that are pretty decent. So I'm kind of conflicted with it. I think that it's, I don't know. It's not going to like change my mind. I've seen the ending, you know, it's not going to be like, Oh, now I've got to play all these. But oh, I think all... I would give Heavy Rain a try because I think we already own that too. Have you seen all of the endings? Uh, no. Okay, so I mean you have different ending opportunities. Yeah. Heavy Rain is a good one. Um, you know, it's been a long time since I played it, but I think it's worth giving it a shot. And I thought you did have it because didn't you buy the Quantic Dream or you gave me like five bucks for Quantic Dreams? No, no, because I already had, I think Heavy Rain I have on PS3 for PS Plus or something okay. or somewhere gotcha it might i think it came out on ps4 for uh it might be on ps4 yeah, for playstation plus um cool well and it says that you picked up nothing so uh yeah no pickups this week just... i did <laughs> i did watch something different huh. oh okay uh so i like binged watched the whole first 51 episode season of Yu-Gi-Oh. what the hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i don't know man i just got this bug like Really, I wanted to see, like, the Battle City arc, but it had been so long since I'd seen Yu-Gi-Oh! I just kind of put it on in the background while I was doing stuff this week. I burned all the way through, and, like, I didn't even remember that at the end of, like, the first season, there's, like, this whole, like, mini cyber space arc they go on before they even do, like, the Dungeon Dice Monsters couple episodes. Huh. I don't even remember that. Yeah, so, I don't know. That's fun. Um... Last time I tried anything Yu-Gi-Oh, I tried playing a Game Boy game, a GBA game. Oh, wow. And I did not know any of the rules, and the game did not feel the need to teach me. So it just killed it you. It just threw me in, and I was like, I don't know what to do or how to summon. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. So I guess uh, one of the other things we did this week is we watched the oh, yeah. new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, spoilers uh, for anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled on Doctor Strange. Yeah, so give us a couple minutes, dude. It was it was pretty cool. Like I like the dark aspect of it. Like it was super dark. Yeah, it had this like demonic. I guess because of the um the book, right? The dark hold. Yeah, the dark hold. So you know, I'm not a huge. John went into this not even seeing Wandavision. Yeah, having not seen Wandavision, I just watched it because I wanted to watch it and I liked it. It was super cool. You know, the the dark hold component and what's the uh, the uh, the other book that's the opposite the... of it book of a or something like that i forgot the name like i i'm so bad at this type of stuff like i don't even know dr strange's like technical name i just know dr strange i i love dr strange he's like one of my favorite marvel characters i've probably read very little of him i've got like one or two comics of his Mm -hmm. um but i just i don't know there's something about like magic in the marvel universe that i really dig yeah uh it's Marvel's obviously not my favorite. I love the Marvel movies. Like, I'll watch them, but I don't read any Marvel comics. I don't really keep up with it too much. Um, but I liked the whole multiverse component that came into play. I wish they would have had more, like, put Spider-Man in it other than just referring to him. That would have been kind of cool to have yeah. him kind of come into play. But He's just... He's been in so much lately. Like, I don't know if he had time with, like, the Spider-Man and then the... Uh, being Drake. Yeah. You know, uh... Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I'll tell you afterwards the meme that I saw regarding uh, characters in okay. that movie. So I'll have to, I don't want to say it on here, but it was funny stuff. But, you know, America was pretty cool. Um, I did like the whole aspect of her, of course, finding her powers at the end and, you know, being able to defeat the Scarlet Witch and all that good stuff. And then, uh, of course, Wanda 
you know, dying uh, yeah. from everything. I wasn't I wasn't sure about Wanda being a villain cuz like with everything that happened in WandaVision like it really left it at the point where, you know, it looked like she was trying to do some creepy stuff to try to figure out how to get, you know, what she wants back. Um I was kind of surprised though that they didn't do anything with Vision in this, but I guess that's just kind of whatever. Um you know, I really would have liked to have seen more multiverse pieces. You know, like they did what two worlds basically that they went into. Um, yeah, it was like two. It was just the one where Fantastic, uh, you know, Mister. We could say we already said spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So Mister like, Fantastic Mr. and Professor Fan- X. And, yeah, and all that. Yeah, like all there was them. that world, and then that was like Earth eight two eight, and then there's the one that's all really destroyed that he he's got the dark Stephen strange in yeah and then that was it like i wish there would have been a like they alluded to it with like the hopping and like the paint world and all sort yeah. of stuff and her talking about oh yeah you the first rules of you know multiverse traveling all that like i i wish we could have seen a little bit more than that you yeah know, just, well i mean like even just one other world would have been pretty cool just to have that exploratory component I would have been okay with like an extra 30 minutes for that movie just mm-hmm. to like dedicate to going to a couple other worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I agree. Yeah. That, that would have been a pretty cool piece um, because like they jump, they jump right into it in a sense, right? They go immediately into this whole other world and you know, they kind of just kick it off. You've got, you know, these various other superheroes that are chilling there. And I, I think they could have done something with like, other worlds and it had like other superheroes where maybe villains were actually like the good guys and the bad guys were actually the superheroes like that type of stuff but they they didn't really do too much of that yeah they i mean i think they were already trying to put a lot into this movie like it definitely felt like one of the marvel movies that had the most well, I guess not. I don't know. The pacing in this movie was really good. I thought like they really covered a lot of ground in it. And I don't know where they would have, maybe, maybe they had more plans for that kind of stuff, but it was just going to be too long because it's not a short movie. True. Maybe it'll have like an extended edition at some point that kind of adds to that. Uh, One other thing before we jump into our articles this week that we're going to be looking at the battle with the music notes and stuff. That was so cool. I was not a fan of it, dude. What? I just didn't like it. I I felt it was kind of. I don't know. I just would have rather seen something else, like the music notes and like hitting each other music notes, and I'm expl- like, it just seemed kind of dumb. To that me. was it so was, cool, and I bet Danny Elfman had like a ton of fun with it. I was not a fan of that. Like, I wish they would have done something else. You're gonna get. That. You're gonna get us in trouble. I probably will. Actually, you know what? Everybody, leave a comment saying that John's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag John's in trouble. All right. You want to go to the kennel? <laughs> yeah, my dog for kennel. Uh, did you say it on here? People are gonna think we're into some weird shit. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about Silent Hill. So apparently there was a leak of some images and uh, there was a DMCA strike that was made on those images. So yeah, pretty much all but, you know, prove that it's going to be happening. Uh, Sega announces strong financial results and teases new games, remakes, remasters, and more. And then uh, skyrocketing retro game price manipulation controversy goes to court. So we'll be talking a bit about WADA. And then we'll be finishing off the episode here a little bit with uh, Manhunt. Talking a little bit about Manhunt. All right, first one. So this is uh, Rich Stanton at PC Gamer. And uh, the whole idea here with the Silent Hill leak is there were four images that were released recently. And then they were removed uh, from the internet or apparently scrubbed from that general leak. And then it's always funny when they're like, oh, yeah, those images were removed. They're not on the internet anymore. And then they're like, but here's an article where you can link to see the images. That well, removed. it's because nobody wants to host the images on their site because then they'll get DMCA'd. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But it's just interesting because, like, I click the link within this article I read and it goes to another website, of course, that where those images are. But the fact they're like, oh, you know, scrub from the internet, blah, blah, blah. So, and the fact that they're still up. Yeah. So that's what's always funny, too. It's like, okay, Nothing you ever it. leaves the internet. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Nothing ever leaves the internet. And at some point, they just kind of stop caring. Um, it's just interesting. Like you would think that Konami would want stuff like this to kind of stay up because it kind of adds that hype, right? But maybe that's part of the strike. Like 
strike it. Now you've got articles. Oh, they were they were leaked and then they were removed, and so now so, Konami is proving that it is correct. So now you got you know conversation starting, and I guess that kind of helps. Yeah, I mean that's the big thing. Like whenever leaks come out, there's obviously intentional leaks at times, and then there's obviously leaks where you know somebody is getting you know, probably in trouble or jeopardizing something for the company. Like these can have big ramifications, you know, at times like, um, what were we talking about recently that had like, okay. Uh, Starfield has all these images that came out. I think it was like three or four weeks ago. And a lot of them were like pretty old images, like stuff from like 2019, Mm -hmm. I think. So it's like when stuff gets out like that, like, okay, it's really old. It's not representative of what the game looks like at all. Like how useful of information is that to the public? And what's it really iterating? Like this is different because this is kind of more like conceptual art. So I don't see it really being hurtful to like the viewpoint of the game. But in relationship for like the employees and stuff, like somebody is like breaking their NDA to do this. And like these are situations that can lead to ramifications for employees and make the industry overall kind of a worse place. Like we were talking about how the temps get treated at Nintendo. Well, I guarantee you that those, you know, well, I don't know. I shouldn't guarantee anything, but like more likely in my mind, a temp would leak something than somebody who's like, this is where I'm at forever. You know, and it's like, I'm not saying that it's justification for their poor treatment at all. But, I mean, it's important to these companies that leaks don't happen. And then when these leaks happen all the time, it's like, you know, you, you nothing's free. Nothing just happens for free. Like, I don't know what the leaker is getting out of this other than, like, a little titillation. But, um, you know, the guy who got the information says that he's got a lot more. But this is all he's releasing for now. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things when you look at the images, like this is an assumption that it's Silent Hill, right? Uh, but you look at things like there's an image of a bunch of uh, trash, basically, in Oh, yeah. Room. It says right here. So this these shots are from 2020 on this. Yeah. No, I know. So, but, I mean, they recently were leaked, apparently. So... You've got like this trash in a room. You've got like this empty hallway that has like red. You've got a that one's creepy. That one has all the creepy. post-it notes and the person standing in the yeah. yeah. So you've got this assumption that it's going to be Silent Hill, but I mean it could be something totally different for all we know. Uh, but the interesting thing though, you know, having this article come up, and normally I wouldn't want to talk about something like this because I feel that there's other things we could talk about. But I coincidentally was looking at the PS3 Silent Hill games the other day on my shelf and deciding if I wanted to play one of them. Um, ultimately decide you know beyond two souls is what we were going to play but you know i was kind of thinking to myself man like there hasn't been there wasn't a silent hill game obviously on ps4 so would love to play a silent hill game on ps5 if it were to come out and Do you now have much this, history with silent hill a little bit i mean i played number one and i played uh number four i never did play two or three two I, is I the one everybody like raves about yeah i've got it on the ps3 the two and three um remaster or whatever uh so i do have that uh, and then obviously I played number four. Justin and I actually played number four a long time ago. I just randomly bought it and was like, let's let's play it, you know? And yeah. we beat that. And then number one, I think I beat it. I I've know, never played any of the Silent Hill. I mean, I've seen the movies and that's kind of like whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things that it's... They're cool. Well, at the time, scary games and stuff were not Dude. my bag. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I missed out on Manhunt. Like, that never would have been a game I would have wanted to play back when it was coming out because I would have been afraid of it. Yeah. But, like, the um, the reputation that Silent Hill has, I would love to visit. But I think it's also got some of that, what you've got going on with Ocarina. Like, I don't know that I could go back to Silent Hill 1 and really be afraid of it and really want to engage with it like the same way that the game would have expected me to when it came out and that's the tough thing about a lot of those games is like if i want to play silent hill one again which i probably should it's already beat the room i don't care too much but the controls on that like number one it's kind of sluggish yeah in those controls and like there are some scary moments and such in a game like i mean even now i'll still get goosebumps and stuff while playing that type of game on ps1 but 
I don't know, there's just something about it, man. Like going back to that sluggish type of gameplay on PS1 for that style of game, when you have things like what are out today, it's so difficult. Like I almost really wish that, honestly, I kind of wish this is just a, a remake of Silent Hill 1. Yeah, that or you I would know, be 100% I think it okay said in here, one of those images has some like Britishisms yeah. in it or something or a reference to Monty Python, I think it was. Uh, so there's some speculation this could be set in England somehow, which is weird because Silent Hill is like in a place. It's yeah. like a town that had like a coal fire under it or something. So I don't know if they just have like that. No, that's new Silent Hill. We're going to old Silent Hill. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yeah. New Silent Hill. We're going to just Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So New England and England. Ye old gotcha. Silent Hill. Yeah. Ye old Silent Hill. Uh, yeah, so I mean, whatever comes out on here, I'm gonna be pretty excited. I do hope it is a remake of number one. I doubt it because, like you said, the Britishisms that are tied to it, uh, but we'll see. Okay, uh, next thing here is uh, Sega announced a strong financial uh, quarter and they are teasing new games, remakes, remasters, and more. And this is, I cannot read that name, dude, even from here. This is Giuseppe Nelva. Okay, cool, at Twinfinite. Twinfinite, yeah, we haven't done a Twinfinite article in a, a long time, so. Uh, basically, Sega had good results financially uh, this uh, past quarter, and uh, they're kind of looking at it as like their revitalization of their uh, pachinko machines and all that other cool stuff that they do overseas. And I know they had recently closed down like a, an arcade or something last year because we were talking about that. Yeah, I think like all the Sega arcades, the big ones are. Yeah, dying. so it's interesting that you know to see that they're getting some strong results here. I imagine a lot of it's tied to COVID and people getting back out and such and. Um, some of the money coming in from there. But I would also, um, you know, and they mentioned like the games aspect. Like, yeah, it's their biggest growth market. Yeah. Imagine that, a games company benefiting from the growth of gaming industry. Yeah, and it, you know, it helps them that they have the Sonic movie and stuff out as well. I don't know how That's much the they best see thing. from that. But it's yeah. the best thing they've done. <laughs> but it, it makes you wonder if they're going to expand upon like Sega franchises into movies. Like a Streets of Rage movie, for example, might be pretty cool as well. It'd probably be terrible compared to Sonic. But I don't think it would have the market grab. Uh, maybe not. I mean, it'd be a smaller one for sure. It wouldn't be like Sonic. But if you can, you know, if you can take those IPs that you have as Sega and expand upon them in like that real life movie situation you're going to get a greater foothold of people looking to purchase those games obviously and then potentially gravitating them towards what they're saying here is a potential streaming service down the road and i guess nfts are still a thing for them even though there's been a major drop off in nfts as of late yeah um so that's the one thing that i think is like i hope they're not going to try to double down too hard on that like we just heard with the square enix uh, you know, sale of some of their properties and stuff that they're trying to redouble down on NFTs and stuff. And I just don't see that going well with how successfully we've kind of beat back the NFT bros at this point. Like that the is NFT really market, dying. Yeah, the NFT market is not doing so good from what I know. And it's right up there with like cryptocurrency drops at yeah. this point, you know, like it's just one of those things that people say it is a future, and maybe it is, but... The future is not always now. Exactly. And so, and NFTs are so dumb, dude. Like, Justin was showing me the other day, he's like, look, this guy uh, purchased these NFTs, like this artwork, right? And he's like, you know what I did? I copied and pasted. Now yeah. I have the artwork too. Like, how dumb is that? You say, oh yeah, I own the original file, it's whatever. Like, that's just stupid. Well, like, it's like that guy who bought the first tweet. Yeah. He bought it for like two million and tried to sell it for like thirty million, and he, the best offer he got was like sixteen thousand dollars. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just stupid crap like that. It's just, I I just don't under. I mean, maybe it's because I don't understand it, but at the same time, I just don't think like it it's doesn't not, belong uh, in gaming right now. It, is the biggest problem. Well, that, but the whole concept of like you own a digital piece of media. Why? Like, why is that even it's, a thing? It's because everything's going towards, like, they, everybody's trying to, like, be big brain and see the future with, like, the metaverse. And they see the metaverse being a place where, you know, unlike in your game, you just earn currency and get new aesthetics. Aesthetics are something that you own forever. But, like, 
the groundwork hasn't even been put there. Like any NFT thing that you buy now is not going to be around in a hundred years. The same way, like we don't even use the same kind of penny we used a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know, over time, other things are going to develop. It's a digital asset. Digitally, things could go awry to where. Now it's something else, some other format, whatever it may be. And you don't, maybe you don't have access to that. And they're not going to have the holding time that art does. Like the reason that a Van Gogh is worth money and you can go buy a million paintings at thrift stores. Like it's not the quality of the painting. It's not, you know, the desirability to just own art. It's like the person who's associated with it. Yeah. And none of these like huge crypto like things like have any real people behind them that are going to stand the test of time. Well, like NF, like the NFT artwork's a prime example. There's people that are like, I'm just going to bust out like 20 pieces of random art and sell them as NFTs for five, $10,000. Well, guess what? Everybody and your mother or everybody and their mothers is doing the exact same thing. So now you're flooding this market with all this crappy artwork and like clip art and crap. That's just not, going to be worth anything like it's it's crazy dude like everybody's trying to get a quick buck off the nft market and it's honestly just killing it if you kind of put it akin to like the gaming industry with like atari and everything everybody's jumping in they had this huge fallout right like yeah similar concept there uh sports cards had this in the 90s where there was just so many sports it's only just now 30 something years later becoming a thing again and it's because of a collectible aspect and limitations like one out of five and that type of stuff and it's a physical piece of you know yeah i guess media i'll say physical piece of media that you can hold on to um yeah i just i don't understand it i mean that's a totally separate conversation obviously from where we're well, going I mean, sega but not necessarily because like they do talk about in this article like one of sega's biggest gambles that they're going on is the development of these super games yeah that they're trying to work on which are going to have nft components and the thing is like if they're really banking on pouring a ton of resources into that right now and two years from now nfts are ghost town like nobody's gonna want to pay for that so they're gonna dump that off it'll be a huge loss in development costs and they'll be putting out you know whatever the next garbage sonic game is probably like the sonic movie is the best thing that they've done and i feel like sega is like I don't know, man. They need to get something together. And I think what it's going to wind up needing to be is like some really good new IP to like really give them new life. Because like I just don't know what kind of nostalgia they can keep writing on with like mediocre Sonic. Like it'll work, but it's never going to bring them back. Well, the Sonic Frontier should be pretty cool. I mean, that's very different from what we've seen in the past. So oh, yeah, just like we all thought Sonic 06 was going to be this great game and everybody thought that Sonic it, whatever was going to be this great game. Like they're all only like okay. We'll see on this one. I got high hopes for this one for sure, but I agree if you new IPs are probably needed by them to, you know, kind of I don't know, make things better. Um I don't think they'll ever get into consoles again. That's a shame. I would love to see Sega kind of jump back into the console wars. But, you know, and honestly, I think if they did, they'd have a ton of following. People would jump right on board to play Sega console games, but not going to happen. Yeah. And they poured off all of their, you know, IPs to various companies right now, right? But they could probably wrangle all that back in and just keep it on their own consoles. Um, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds for Sega. But it's good to know that the company's doing, you know, pretty well. I still want one of those quarter. Game Gear minis. Game Gear Minis? Oh, yeah. Those little tiny ones? Yeah, I gotta fix mine. I was just thinking about that. I gotta recap my uh, Game Gears. So, at some point, we'll do that. All right. Uh, Jumping into the next piece here is skyrocketing retro game price manipulation. Controversy goes to court. And this is Ethan Gak at Kotaku. So, uh, WADA Games. uh, There is a lawsuit that was opened against WADA Games that is pretty much against, like, racketeering, uh, long, you know, long periods of time for games to be returned to people. Uh... The other aspect is hyperinflation uh, that has been done on purpose, obviously. Um, so manipulating the market. Um, and we've talked about this in the past. There's a mini docu-series or documentary. Yeah, by uh, that, Carl Jobst yep. on YouTube. It's great. Watch Carl's content. Yeah, definitely check that one out. But it talks about how uh, there's a lot of, uh, with like heritage auctions, how there's a lot of insider corruption in a sense. So uh, a prime example would be 
uh, WADA doing like a private sale for a sealed graded game and then selling it for, you know, in excess of a million dollars. And it's being purchased by, you know, the founders of like Heritage Auction and such. So you've got that type of price manipulation, which could actually allude to uh, things like washing money and money laundering as well, you know, because that's a big area for yeah. artwork and other things is money laundering uh, and collectibles. Um, so it talks about that and then it goes into even a better example of where the founder of WADA went on Pawn Stars and quoted one of the games that was on there as being worth two, three times what it actually sold for an auction. And then they refer back to like other auctions that have taken place outside of Heritage for like the same type of games, even like better graded games that are selling for significantly, significantly less, less money. And so the writing's on the wall, man. Like total manipulation by those two organizations in particular and definitely watch the it makes complete sense when you watch like the the documentary uh, yeah. series on this um i mean if you send a game in to get it graded and it takes them 18 months to get it back to you like if you had any intention of selling that game like i mean i guess you know what the game market has been pretty steadily on the rise yeah so maybe that's like putting it in like a bond waiting for it to mature, getting it back rated, and now the market's gone higher, you can sell it for more than you could have, you know, if you sent it in and it took them two months to get back to you. Yeah. But like a year and a half to get somebody to look at a video game, like, dude, you get people that work at stores that look at hundreds of games a day, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Or, well, maybe not anymore, but back in the day, like a GameStop could probably do something like that. Well, and some of what people are getting great at, I mean, dude, I'm on plenty of Facebook groups, and some of what I see people getting great at is just absolutely stupid, like Skyward Sword on the Wii. There's one guy on there that I was looking at the other day in a group, has like six copies of Skyward Sword that he's had graded. Why? I, I don't know. Are they all the he's same like, grade? No, they're various grades, obviously, but it's like, just look at the game, you know, like, and you can tell if it's you know, going to be graded higher. Like you can take a quick glance and be like, okay, cool. There's a clip on the plastic, whatever is going on with this, but it's just stupid, man. Like there's people that are getting multiple games graded. I've seen people that have sent to WADA, um, super Nintendo games that are broken that have terrible, like damage all over to see the lowest grade they can get. All you're doing <laughs> in that aspect is pretty much delaying everybody else. That, yeah. You know, is trying to get something graded. That's yeah. I laughed for a second, legit. but then I realized, People have hard lives. Why yeah. make it harder on other people? So I'm going to get a game graded personally, but I'm not going through what I'm going through VGA, which is part of CGC. And CGC obviously is a very reputable company, has been around for some time. They do grading for a number of different areas like movies and action figures and all this other type of stuff through their various outlets. So I'm going to go through VGA for mine. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I want, we'll to, find get, out. I want to get Devil's Third graded because I have a sealed copy. I bought it for... I don't know, it was like 300 bucks, like what, last year? And now it's $600 for the same type of copy. So I'm going to look into getting that graded, um, but only through VGA. I'm not messing with WADA. I remember at some point I was kind of debating, do I go to WADA? Do I go to VGA? Stay all away from this, a company that's headlines are in the news. Yeah, exactly. All Like you'll never know if you're going to get your game back because they might go bankrupt and all this crazy stuff and that are sitting on your game, right? Yeah. So... And that seems to be where everybody goes for grading. So I'm going to go to VGA. Um, you know, I'll submit that here pretty soon, hopefully. And then we'll see how it goes. You know, maybe I'll, I'll get a good grade back because it is sealed. And uh, let everybody know the experience, at least with VGA. Um, but yeah, WADA specifically, fuck WADA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not jumping into that. Um, but yeah. You know, so they do say in there that it seems like some of the prices on those are coming down. Well, yeah, because it's there's so many of them being submitted nowadays. Yeah, so I mean, I, I definitely, you know, if you are reading that whole article, I just I wouldn't associate that with a downward trend in the games market. Like it's still everything's going up. Yeah. So you know, don't don't think that if you do, if you are somebody out there who is like looking at the super super high value stuff up there, maybe now's not the best time to buy. Yeah. Maybe wait for this waddle stuff waddle waddle stuff to settle. And then if you're a normal game collector paying reasonable prices for actual games you want to buy and not just really fancy shelf dressing, uh, you know, things are going up by now. Yeah. Well, and like Devil's Third, dude, I bought that specifically as a shelf dressing piece. Yeah. Because I knew it was a harder to come, you know, it's it's only on the Wii U. 
very limited in terms of overall sales on Wii U to begin with. It's a game that was advertised, right, as a mature rated game on the Wii U. Uh, I think it's first party Nintendo, yeah, um, if I recall. And I think a limited print run. So it's not like a ton of games sold on there. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's one of those that's like, it's worth having picked that one up as a shelf dressing piece for a collection because that is down the road. And it's been 10 years or so since the, the Wii U came out, 10 plus years. So, yeah, I mean, given the value it's at right now 10 years in, imagine it at like PS1 age with yeah. something like that's going to be. I mean, you got PS1 games that are four or 500 bucks, but like what is Devil's Third going to be 10 years from now? And that's just a, a cool thing to, to say you own that. And that's that's why I bought it specifically for that. So, yeah, as long as I knew exactly what I was intending on purchasing it for, um, you know, I think it's okay. All right, uh, diving into Manhunt. So, we'll talk a little bit here on that, give our overall review. But Manhunt was developed by Rockstar North. It was published by Rockstar Games, released in 2003 of November. Uh, or November of 2003. I mixed that one up. I, the went, to, I went to British. Of November. 2003 of November, which is pretty much same thing, I guess, right? Uh, game type, it is a stealth psychological horror with a reception around an 8. So, as we said earlier, this is a game that I've had my eye on for some time. I've owned it for a long time. I own Manhunt 2 as well. I think I even have it on the Wii, or on the Wii and just haven't played on there. Gotta say, I was a little disappointed, man. Um, yeah. I think the big thing for me that really killed it wasn't necessarily the gameplay, because the gameplay was relatively fun. It was more so the camera angles and the controls and the sluggish, you know, movements that were tied to it. And, you know, coming up behind to do stealth kills and such, it just wasn't so, as, like, fast pace. And yeah. it just didn't feel good while playing it. Um, despite it being cool, I mean, it, it is a cool game and the concept is, and I know you read the wiki, so you can dive into some of that, but you know, the concept is you are like this former prisoner who was apparently killed or something. Um, and you're, you're, we're supposed to be executed, but, but you they faked your death. Yep. And now you're so that in this movie. they could put you in this guy is like making you murder all these like gang members and stuff while they're trying to hunt you down and kill you to, like, make a snuff film. So each of these, like, segmented areas is, like, another scene yeah. in the movie. And, like, it's got, like, camera aesthetics and stuff going on sometimes. Like, CRT, like, scrambles on the screen or whatever. When we booted it up, we actually had it plugged in wrong. And it was all black and white. And I was like, no, that's got to be how it's supposed to be. It's like, uh, you know, CCTV. Yeah, so Ryan's like, yeah, CCTV, man. It's all good. I'm like, Ryan, but it says red, green, and blue. Yeah. And it's clearly trying to show a different color. So I had it plugged in because I've done it before. I had the uh, yellow, red, and white cables plugged into um, the component section on TV because it's worked for me in the past. I've been able yeah. to use component as AV. But I guess in this case, it does not work on that TV. It works on my 4K, but not on the 1080p, which mm. you'd think it would. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty much taking part in smooters. I think like 16 scenes overall that you could play through. Uh, you could pick up various weapons to obviously kill these gang members that you're hunting down and are slash hunting you. But uh, you have like a plastic bag that you can put over the head. You've got uh, glass shards that you can use to like stab them and such. Um, there's, I think, some sort of shiv that we picked up at some point. Uh, multiple baseball bats that you can use. You can actually keep beating them until their head pops, basically. Um, yeah, it's you it's, get more stuff later on. There's like yeah, there's other weapons like sickles, uh, chainsaws and guns, yeah, even tons and tons of crazy stuff. Just never made it that far. No, I mean we played enough to get the idea, and uh, you know it's. I was disappointed, but at the same time, like even thinking through it right now, despite all of its issues that I had with like camera angles and controls being sluggish. I did actually kind of enjoy it, and I think it is something that I'd be willing to pick up and continue playing, given the shortness of the game. It feels like it's a game that can be beat in in potentially a day or two. So, yeah, and I could get into some of that with some of the controversy and kind of my feelings on it. Like, I never played this game. I saw it in magazines and stuff. I've always heard about it. It's kind of like one of those games. It's like, oh, man, dude, this game got, like, banned everywhere. Like, it was supposed to be NC-17. Or whatever. Or what is it? AO. Yeah, adults only. Yeah. And, you know, it just doesn't live up to that reputation at all. Like, when you're, like, running around, you're, it's basically like you're fighting people in Grand Theft Auto. You just kind of square up. 
you could punch them a couple times and then when they're on the ground you just kick them a few times and they're dead like it's not even like that overly bloody but the at the time close-up shots of you like sneaking up on somebody and throwing a bag over their head or stabbing the heck out of them with like a shiv or something like those scenes were just the most graphic violence that had ever been put to video game at that time and even it has a quote in here people at rockstar employees like didn't feel comfortable with the game there was almost like a mutiny on the staff of people being like how can we justify just putting this type of violence out there uh, and a lot of the reaction I saw, you know, typically the reaction to violent video games is very over the top and nonsensical. And, and I'm not saying that that's not the case here, but the way they frame it is that this game, and I think it's because of the stealth sluggish nature, the really only successful good way to play through the game and the way to get the most points is to sneak up quickly and violently and use these like cutscene kills over and over and over again and it, and it even basically says that in the manual like almost verbatim that that's the way to play this game so a lot of the controversy comes from the fact that the game isn't really hard it's just a game that you could sit somebody down in front of and just expose them to these like at the time very over-the-top graphic violent images over and over and over again in quick succession with almost no justification or or anything like that so i mean it just it doesn't in my mind have a lot to live up to like it's definitely a a thing that happened and will be remembered and i'm not saying that like we should censor it or get rid of it but i think that violence in video games has come so far that like it's better with better context like God of War has like brutal violence, but like there's so much heart and stuff going on in those games that make it, you know, not as just violence for violence sake, even though it seems that way sometimes. And I think it's a lot more digestible in that manner. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, it does make me wonder if we ever will see something like a Manhunt 3 um, because of the nature of this game. It just doesn't make sense for them to release something like that. Yeah. You know, unless there is, you know, I don't know how Manhunt 2 ended, obviously, or even Manhunt 1, but, you know, is there a possibility this game comes I think out as an indie three? version could come out? Like, I can see, like, you know, they had all those, like, games that were, like, the um, Slender Man, you know, yeah. where you'd be, like, creeping around in the forest and waiting for the thing to creep up on you. But, like, what about, like, a game where you're the creeper going around? But then, you know, the more over the top you get with it, then you start going into territory like, um, what was that one game? Hatred or something that came out, like, four or five years ago. It was, like, all black and white. And it was, like, you were, like, going on, like, a mass shooting or whatever. It was, like, oh, an isometric game. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, it's, like, there's any more like the context for the violence becomes more important and it's like it's really hard to make a game that is very palatable where you're just like a really evil son of a bitch just doing it because it's fun yeah you know it's it's totally different like grand theft auto like you're going off the rails you're in free mode when you're just causing chaos and it's not it's it's never that up close and personal i guess is what really breaks the boundary like maybe the camera angles and stuff made it too like close in though the way a movie can make you feel stuff that a game can't sometimes well and something like gta i mean when you look at those games you can go on those killing sprees and do that type of stuff and have that craziness tied to it but there is more story component like you're saying there is a feel of like mob and mafia and all that whereas this is just straight emphasis on you know brutal killing yeah and so I, I think there's a clear discernible difference here um as to why there was so much controversy on this and not the gta is that controversy but there's definitely i feel more so on this than that yeah there was a um a murder that was associated with this at england um a young boy was killed by a friend of his and 
There was a lot of controversy about, you know, whether this game was involved on, you know, which side. Like, I guess in the end, like, one side tried to say it was actually the victim who was the person who owned and played a lot of the game, not the perpetrator, and that, that there was no association. But one of those um, American lawyers that was very into trying to destroy, like, violent video games and get all that done... Uh, went and represented that family over there. And eventually they still came out with Manhunt 2. Um, but these games were banned in a lot of countries. Yeah, and there's no surprise on that. So brass tax-wise, we're looking at complete in boxes, $33.49. Uh, it is at its peak right now, actually, and trending up. And then loose, $17. And it is also at its peak right now and trending up in price. So, I mean, this is one of those games that is... You know, not, it wasn't very popular. It's surrounded by controversy. It's You can now... totally go and play this really easily now. Like, like I feel like, I just need to say real quick, like, I'm not trying to be super heavy on this game. Like, it's a bad game and you shouldn't play it. Like, it was definitely fine. It might be, like, uh, you know, just something you're only going to get, like, a day or two out of, like we said. So, I think that, you know, the loose might be the way to go on this because it's not something that you really need to keep around. I don't know if it's ever really going to go up in value, although John's shaking his head like it is. I think it will. Manhunt 2, I think, goes for more mm-hmm. um, versus Manhunt 1. But I, I could see this hitting 50, 60 bucks here in the next year or so. Okay, so I guess, I guess get in while the getting's good. I, I think, honestly, it will go up. I mean, PS2 games are in that. What did you pay for this? <sighs> Did you buy this like forever and a day ago? Yeah, I probably paid like five bucks for this okay. one time ago. Dude, most of my PS2 stuff I bought years and years yeah. ago. If you look actually at RPGs nowadays on the PS2 compared to what I paid a long time ago, night and day, dude. I was looking at like, um, what is it, Wild Arms 5, for example, the version I have. I paid like 20 bucks for it a long time ago. Actually, probably not even that. I think I bought it when it was worth $20 and probably paid like 5 uh, but that game's like close to 200 bucks now Jeez. or 175 like and there's tons of rpgs like that which is why i bought so many rpgs like the atelier series that i paid like i think i paid 15 or 20 bucks a game a long time ago for that they're all like in stupid prices now so it's just you know and you saw the spike on this yeah um, i know? mean this is this is one of the more vertical games i think that we've seen too like this one was kind of not like blowing up but now it's like really shooting up you know what i picked this up with the great video game pickup of 2020 uh-huh. that's when it, i think that's when i got this actually so what, what do you think john inflated you know, deflated just right i mean look given the price point um at 30 bucks given what you're getting in terms of hours of gameplay and controversy and all that i think it's inflated and it, it always will be i think it'll go up you know, even further. So, I mean, by default, you could be like, hey, it's worth it right now to pick it up before it goes up higher. Um, but that's like with all games right now, right? Yeah, well, I mean, something's not just right now because it's going to be even more inflated later. Yeah, exactly. So, like... I, I buy that logic. Yeah, so I, I would say, you know, if you found this for 20 bucks, you'd be in a good spot. I think it's, you know, a loose copy is probably the way to go on this. Uh, if you're not looking to collect and you're just looking to play and you don't have any other means of playing it, um, except for PS2... I would say, you know, pick it up for $17 loose. I think this is on Xbox also. I think it is. Yeah, it might be higher. So if it's on Xbox, uh, you know, it might even... Well, I don't know if this would be one of the ones they would put the backwards compatibility effort into or not. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe. I mean, there's a good amount that are backwards compatible. But yeah, unless you're... If you're a collector, sure, complete in box, pick it up, you know. If it's something that you've had your eye on for some time, I don't see it going down anytime soon, like most games. Uh, a loose copy, I think if you just want to play it, definitely pick up a loose copy. It's you know worth it at $20. So yeah, I think it's inflated, but um, it's at least worth trying, you know, especially with the controversy component. Like see what see what it's all about. Um, or just watch a YouTube video on it if you really yeah. want to, you know. And you know, we we didn't really make it very far in, so like which is fine. It, it could get more interesting <laughs> or, or creepier later. Well, I mean, it, it does. I mean, you've got, like you said, chainsaws, various guns that you could pick up. You've got sickles. You have. I just can't imagine wire. the shooting is like good. Like the fighting wasn't good. 
I, I can't imagine the shooting is good. I, and the camera was the worst. We didn't even talk about the camera. Well, with the sh- you can lock on to enemies in this game. I don't know if you noticed that. But you can lock on to enemies and kind of sway around and everything. So as long as you're locked on, the shooting should be okay. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see it being fantastic. Uh, I think, like you were saying earlier, the real thing is the stealth kills. That's the real component to shooting. And the baseball bats and stuff is more of an afterthought. Um, it, it realistically is going to be based off of the, uh, the stealth killing and that, that's really what they put their focus on. So yeah, I think we can mark this one as inflated. I think you're in the same boat on that. Yep. Um, so next week, I don't know what we're playing. You should get your, Oh, you know what? Thumb drive. I got the thumb drive for you. Perfect. Um, so hopefully play some PS one next week and then, uh, go from there. And then, uh, I don't know what we got playing after that. We don't have any special guests. I know we're supposed to be recording with Danike and those guys on the awesome. Next to Nothing podcast. I don't know when. i got to touch base with him and see. I think it's in June, actually, at some point. So probably in a few weeks here, we're going to be talking with them. We were initially going to do it as like a reaction for E3 mm, with those but guys. But no E3. But yeah, that all kind of went down to two. We'll react to Xbox. We'll react to Xbox. Oh, man. Uh, did you see the Starfield delay? Starfield and Redfall pushed out to 2023. That sucks. I did. That was actually an article I shared. We didn't talk about this week, but uh, Nintendo um, potentially looking to squash the competition with the Switch because there's delays and consoles not hitting shelves still. And Nintendo's, you know, primed and ready to just like take out Sony and Microsoft and really have a top selling console because of that and some high quality games coming out too. So it's going to be an interesting year. All right, well, this has been episode 183 of the Game of Players podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.